Hi, this is Chris Sorensen. Welcome to Brookville Road Community Church Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to check out our website at brookvilleroad.cc for all the latest information about what's going on at Community Church. I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in becoming a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. What a blessing to be able to gather once again today and open up God's word. And uh, man, I'm just excited to be here. And uh, if you're a guest with us today, I'm so glad that you, you're brave enough to walk through some doors that you hadn't walked through before. Uh, it's always kind of a scary thing to do something like that. But we would like to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, there's some cards nearby. Um, it says, I'm new. If you'd like to fill one of those out, we'd like to get to know you a little bit. You can drop one of those off uh, over here in, in a room that's to my left, uh, to your right at the end of service. Pastor Paul would meet you in there. Love to talk about some next steps, whatever might be going on in your life as well. Uh, We're in a series right now that we're calling Out of the Dark, Out of the Dark, and we're talking about the things that go on in our minds, the things that we think about, because whatever we think about begins to determine the direction of our life. Uh, Last week when we got together, we started talking about negativity, how in our minds they can go to this place of being Negative, and uh, we said uh, you, you look at Philippians chapter two, and, and you find there these words: uh, your attitude, and we said the Greek word there is phroneo, uh, or your mind should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And so, if we're going to have the mind of Christ, and we look at the life of Christ, we find that He wasn't dwelling on on negative things and how awful everything was. He He was dwelling on His heavenly Father and the plan that God had for him, and he then says, my attitude, my mind should be like that of Jesus Christ. I talked a little bit about my own life and some anxiety that I feel from time to time. We looked at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, don't be anxious about anything, which is really challenging. It goes on to tell us to to pray about those things, to go ahead and give God thanksgiving for those those things that he is uh, taking off of us and giving us new minds in Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about, about being positive rather than negative, uh, you might be tempted to think, well, I guess this is all just like a cup uh, half full, uh, positive, uh, powerful thinking in our own minds. But I, it's not really that I'm suggesting that we would replace God with positivity. I'm talking that our positivity should come as a response to God, that our, our response to God is God is for us. Uh, we have been adopted into his family. He has a plan for us, and we could put all of our faith in him, and it doesn't just revolve around us and what we make out of our lives with positive thinking, but we are positive about the creative creator of this universe and what he has in store for us. So over and over again in the Bible, it, it talks about being aware of what's going on in your mind, to, to guard your minds. Uh, it says in Romans 12, too, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the reason that the the Bible talks about the mind so much, that's the high ground in your life. That's the high ground. And the enemy would like to get a toehold in the high ground of your mind so he can get a chokehold on your life. And so we need to be able to take control of the things that we think about because the things that we think about begin to set the course and the direction of our lives. They take us someplace. And so it's kind of like a train and a destination of that train 
in, in your mind and your thoughts, uh, you can hop on that train and you can get to uh, Narcissism Nation. Uh, you can get to FOMO Farm, Fear of Missing Out. Uh, you could get to Lonely Land and you need to ask yourself with every single thought that you have, do I want to get on that train? And so maybe that's why they call it a train of thought. We need to make sure that we are thinking about what we are thinking about. And so today, as we talk, we're going to talk about a very specific topic of the Bible, and it is strongholds. We're going to talk about those things that go on in our lives and our minds that are a stronghold. And today, I believe, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I can experience victory over strongholds in our life. In order to look at this, if you would, open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says there, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So there's our word. We're going to come back to that word and look at it. Uh, verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, the Greek word for stronghold is the word akuroma. Akuroma means a, a, for, a fortress. It means a, a, a strongly held castle. It is, a, it is a prison. And so if you have a stronghold in your life, you are being held as a prisoner because of the deception of a lie. If you have a stronghold, the stronghold isn't out in the open. It's not easily attacked. No, a stronghold is a place that is difficult to attack, and it is strongly defended. But I believe with the strongholds, the lies, the deceptions that we have in our lives that hold us back from what God has for us, we can experience victory when we follow God's plan to attack those strongholds. And so that's what we want to find in our lives today. We're going to approach uh, with not weapons of this world, but with weapons that have divine power to destroy the lies that you have been believing in your mind, which have then affected your life. Let, let me describe a stronghold like this, kind of in a practical kind of way. Uh, perhaps you've seen those invisible fences for dogs. Uh, you buy the invisible fence, you, you plug it in, you put the little collar on the dog's neck, uh, the dog runs up to the invisible fence and zap! Now, let me just say, that should happen to cats, not dogs. <laughs> All the dog people said? Okay. Uh, my daughter is so upset with me when I say that kind of thing. So, so the thing is, you, you leave that collar on the dog long enough, it gets electrocuted, if you will, enough times. It's not going to cross that line anymore. And eventually you can unplug the invisible fence, you can take the collar off the dog, and it won't go any further. That is what it's like for many of us. Deceptions, lies that we believe that hold us back. It's like a prisoner. You take a prisoner, you throw him in jail, the, the jailer says, okay, I've shut the door, and it's locked. But he never locked the door. He says, you're locked in, you can't get out, the prisoner never checks the door, they are believing the lie that the door is locked and they can't get out. That is a stronghold. We believe lies, and it begins to affect our lives as if it were true. So you say, I can't go any further than this right here. I, I can't accomplish anymore. I'll never have a good relationship with God, lie. I'll never have good relationships with other people, lie. I'll never be able to break this addiction in my life, lie. I'm always going to be the victim. Everything is always going to be bad for me, lie, lie, 
lie. And again, we don't overcome these strongholds through our own power. We overcome them through divine power given to us from God Almighty. So three thoughts today as we talk about breaking strongholds, as we talk about walking out of the dark of the strongholds that hold us back. Hopefully you've got a bulletin with you. Uh, There'll be some fill in the blanks there as well. Here's the first thought. If we're going to break these strongholds, we need to identify the stronghold. Identify the stronghold. And that's not always easy. It sounds easy, but it's difficult to break a stronghold because we're the ones who are being deceived. And if we're being deceived by a lie, it's a blind spot for us. Many times, you'll have believed lies about yourself for so long, you just think that it's true. So other people may be able to see it before you do, but we need to identify that stronghold. And this is Satan's greatest kind of weapon against us to try to convince us that a lie is true. It's what he did to Adam and Eve in the garden. He twisted the truth. He, he deceived them so that they would then become locked in, 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 in prison by sin. This is what he does in our own lives. He'll come at us and he will whisper lies to us. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is a, a big fat liar, 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 Pants on fire, that's Satan. One day, literally, pants on fire, and we wait for that day. Jesus said this about Satan. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So if Satan's lips are moving, he's lying. If his demon's lips are moving, they're lying. He is the enemy who wants to plant lies, deceptions, to hold us down into a stronghold to keep us back from all that God has intended for us. Now, not every lie that comes at you is from the enemy. Some lies we tell ourselves. Some lies other people tell you. And then you begin to believe them, and they hold you back. So today, what we're going to do, we are going to identify strongholds. And you'll see I've given you a list of of five different sections where we're going to kind of fill in the blanks here of potential strongholds. And just like last week, I want you to be real open, to be real honest about areas of your life where you may be believing a lie. So if something kind of, you know, goes off in your mind like, hey, this is a a warning sign, go ahead and put a little check mark next to that one or, or circle it. We want to identify the stronghold. So the first blanks to fill in there is material or financial. Material or financial strongholds. This would be where we would say, if I just had fill in the blank, then I would be happy. Uh, if I had more money, then I would be happy. If I had a better car, I would be happy. If I, if I had better clothes or a better job, then I would be happy. If I had a better house, then I would be happy. But since I don't have more money and I don't have a nicer car and I don't have a different job, I therefore am not Happy. It is a stronghold. It is something that you believe that you can't experience joy and peace and freedom because you don't have something external. It is a stronghold, a a physical or a, a type of material, financial stronghold that we get in our lives where we convince ourselves, I've got to have this thing in order to be happy. Uh, I'm not feeling happy right now. I'm going to go shopping. Uh, That will make me feel happy. Yes, maybe for a little bit, but then the bills come and now you're racked up with debt. It doesn't satisfy. These are strongholds that come at us. The next one would be this, addictive or habitual strongholds. An addictive or habitual stronghold. This is where uh, you're addicted to something. I don't know, maybe it's $5 Starbucks drinks and that's why you're broke and you have material strongholds. Uh, Maybe you're addicted to smoking. Some of you may be addicted to alcohol. And your friends come up and they tell you, I think you've got a problem. And you tell them, I don't have a problem. I can quit at any point. But you haven't quit yet, have you? Some of you are addicted to drugs. Some illegal drugs, some legal drugs. Some of you may be addicted to a world of sexual sin. You're addicted to pornography. 
which is really an epidemic in our culture and an epidemic in the church. It is a stronghold. It is a lie of the enemy, and it begins to affect your mind, and after affecting your mind for a while, it then is going to affect your life. Some of you need to circle this one because of this issue. Some, some addictions are a little bit more acceptable in our culture, like maybe you are addicted to sports, or you're addicted to uh, working, or to video games. Uh, I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe, maybe you're addicted to washing your hands. You're, you're obsessive. You're compulsive about this kind of thing. You're in your mind believing some kind of lie, some kind of falsehood, and it is affecting your life. It is a stronghold. The next one would be uh, personal or physical strongholds. Personal, physical strongholds. It, this is where you say things like, I, I, don't, I don't like myself. I don't like my body. Some of you may be addicted to eating or some of you are addicted to not eating because you, you have some idea about your body physically. Some of you eat and binge. Some of you go to the gym and you work out, not in a health kind of way, but you're so concerned about your image and the way that you look and you think, if I could just change uh, my physical appearance, then, then I will be happy. Some of you are just overly consumed with other, what other people think of you, the, the way that you look, the way that you carry yourself, the, the clothes that you're wearing, and you say, well, I'm, I'm not gonna have any worth until I live up to what I have in my mind's eye. It is a stronghold. It is a deception. It is holding you back from everything that God has for you. The next one I would suggest that we think about is relational strongholds. Relational strongholds. You don't have good relationships. Maybe you're bitter, maybe you're critical. You don't have many friends around you. You don't have many close friends. It's hard for you to, to connect with other people and maybe you've, you've convinced yourself that um, you don't need others. You don't need anybody else. You can get through this life on your own, you're strong, and you'll be just fine, you don't need friends. Oh, or maybe uh, you believe it's not even possible for you to make friends. And so these are lies. These are deceptions. These are relational strongholds that you have. Maybe people look at your marriage, and from the outside, your marriage looks great, but on the inside, you know, there's a, a lack of intimacy in your relationship. And you say, you know, there's no way that my marriage is going to get better, that we'll ever uh, have this level of love and care and intimacy. Some of you aren't married. You want to be married. And every time you start to get close to somebody else and it gets serious, you self-destruct and you blow up the relationship. And the reason that you blow up the relationship is so that the other person doesn't have a chance to hurt you. And so you've convinced yourself, I'm going to blow this up so I don't get hurt. And you know that you're doing it or you do it and you don't realize it. But it is a stronghold in your mind. It is a lie. It is a deception where the enemy wants to hold you in bondage, in a prison of lies. Final one I'll mention here, spiritual Spiritual strongholds. Ultimately, you don't trust God. You'd like to be God. You'd like to control God. You'd like to play God. But ultimately, you just, you don't trust him. Some of you don't trust other Christians. Some of you don't trust me right now. So, some of you have a problem with me, not because I've ever done anything wrong to you, but somewhere along the line, uh, some authority figure has wounded you, hurt you, harmed you in some way. And you say, well, everybody is like that. All pastors are that way. I'm sorry for any pastor that is that way because there are wolves in sheep clothing, but we're not all that way. But if the enemy can convince you, no, no, you need to stay away from God's people, you need not to trust anybody else, well, then he has won. Now you are beginning to move away from the body of Christ who can give you support, and you begin to move away from God. These are all lies, deceptions that we tell ourselves. And so I'm not sure what it is for you. I just want you to be open and honest and 
Mark down or circle or think about those things that hold you back. Let me, let me go ahead and just share mine with you. I talked last week about just a level of anxiety that I have in my life. I would identify that as a spiritual stronghold in my life. It is a lack of trust and dependence on God. It's a desire to find joy and sufficiency in good health or in my circumstances. That is the stronghold that I have to identify. And if you were to dig even deeper beneath that anxiety, uh, what you would find at the very core of all of that, and we don't have time to talk about it, is pride. Like I, I, I don't really trust God fully with my health or circumstances. I figure I can do it on my own. That is a stronghold in my life. That is something that must be identified. I'm not sure what it is for you. But in an effort for us to just have a place of grace and a place where there is authenticity, I feel like I need to go ahead and just set the tone and say, I, I have things that I have to pay attention to just like you do. But I am telling you that you can overcome, that strongholds can be broken in your life. And in order to be open, once again, let me share with you one of my past strongholds. Kind of embarrassing, don't like to share it, but you need to know that there is freedom and there is victory. Uh, there is a tendency in my life, and there was a tendency even greater than it is now, to trust in finances more than to trust in God, to trust in resources more than to rely on God. And every now and then, some of the strongholds that we have in our lives can be uh, lived out in such a way that other people look and they think, well, that's, you're doing a good job. You're pretty good at this. And, and in particular, in this area, uh, my wife Tammy and I, we've been debt-free now for a number of years. Uh, started about 15 years ago. 15 years ago, we had determined to get out of credit card debt, to get out of car loans and college loans, and we worked hard, 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 working the Dave Ramsey, total money makeover, doing all those baby steps, and we got all of those things paid off, and then we were just working on our mortgage, and we were going to get our mortgage paid off, paying extra, working hard at getting that down, and in that season of our life, we had an inheritance, and we were able to pay off our home completely, so we were debt-free. We didn't owe anybody anything. And on the outside, everybody would say, way to go. But what motivated all of that was fear, was a fear of trusting God and him supplying for my needs. And I began to identify, and I thought about where does this come from? And I thought about my own upbringing, and I remembered in my own life, I could trace it back to my childhood. I remember in my home, uh, my parents fought about money a lot. And they weren't fighting about money because we just spent it on some, you know, nice car or boat or something like that. They fought about money because we didn't have any. My dad was a pastor, is a pastor, and in the 70s and 80s, they didn't pay pastors very well in the denomination that we were in. So we weren't fighting about, you know, where did all the money go? We were fighting about how, where are we going to find money to get food. And so we would pray, and miraculously, from time to time, groceries would show up on the step. I just remember these conversations about how, how are we going to meet needs, how we're going to make it from this paycheck to that paycheck. And so I remember, you know, dad getting on me as a, as a young man, like, why'd you leave the lights on in your room? Shut your lights off. Uh, why, why are you leaving the water running when you're brushing your teeth? Don't leave the water running. So I'd often find my dad brushing his teeth with no water in the dark. So that's what he would do. Uh, lights are never on. Uh, he ran into a good number of doors in the dark at night. And I'm like, ha ha, you should turn some lights on. Um, 
So dad's not living in fear. He's actually just trying to make ends meet. He's called into the ministry. And so in the ministry, you, you sacrifice in order to make those things happen. I remember one conversation that he had with me about the number of sheets of toilet paper that were being used. And I would think, this is ridiculous. This is just nuts. Uh, when I get my own job, I'm not going to worry about any of that. Do you know what happened? I worried about all of, all of that. I began to worry that I would not have enough to meet my basic needs. And so I, I even had the toilet paper conversation with Tammy. <laughs> I, I would go to extreme measures to make sure that I could make enough to take care of myself. I didn't think that God would provide or care for me. It was a stronghold, a lie that I was beginning to believe that affected my life. Living with a scarcity mentality was a stronghold. But God has set me free and is setting me free. I talked to Tammy the other day. She didn't know that I was going to be talking about this in the sermon. I said, I kind of set her up. I said, Tammy, honestly, how am I doing when it comes to finances and, and being uptight, uh, cheap? I, I just gave all kinds of words related to how I had been. And she said, you're doing, you're doing great. And I was like, that's because of God. That's because of God breaking a stronghold. I no longer look to myself to supply my needs. I trust in God to meet every single one of my needs. It was a stronghold, but it was broken by the power of God. The first thing that you and I have to do is identify the stronghold. Then, next step, we attack. Attack that stronghold. You go on the offensive. You don't just let it sit dormant. When you realize that there is a lie that you have been believing, you don't just keep believing the lie. You need to do something and go on the offensive. And one of the reasons why we do that, we go on the offensive because we don't want to pass that on to our kids. I want to be real clear. Uh, my, my dad and my situation as a young person, that wasn't because of his fear. I, I just interpreted my environment that particular way. But there are times where as parents, we will pass on generational things in our families. There are generational uh, curses, and you can watch families, and you can see kind of uh, a certain kind of spirit of alcoholism or, or sexual addiction. And as parents, we want to do all that we can to break that stronghold so that it's not passed on to the next generation. Not only that, we want to make sure that we aren't believing lies so that we can continue to move in the freedom that God has provided for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we go on the offensive. How do we do this? Back to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. It says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. So in, in the world, the world has a particular way that they go about uh, trying to break these strongholds. And so you could go to a counselor. You can go to a counselor, and if that counselor is a psychologist, they'll, they'll give you some behavior modifications, some things to think about, some routines to do in your life. If that counselor is a psychiatrist, they may prescribe some drugs for you to take. That's not always a bad thing, but I believe God has another plan as well. It is this, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. And so through the power of Jesus Christ and through the truth of his word, we take the lie that we have been believing and we smash it up against the truth of God's word. And when we take that lie and we introduce it to the truth of Jesus Christ, that is when the stronghold begins to shatter in our lives. And our minds are now becoming transformed, renewed. We have the mind of Christ. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you 
free. That is what is for us bringing these lies into the light of day and holding them up to the truth of God's word. We don't just let them happen and stay in our lives. We begin to attack with prayer, with the word of God. And I would encourage you, as you begin to attack these strongholds in your life, saying, I no longer will be a prisoner held in this fortress. I'm going free. I would encourage you to put on the armor of God. We find the armor of God in Ephesians 6, verses 11 through 16. Verse 11 says this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So what are the, what are the armor of God? Well, it is the belt of truth. It's the breastplate of righteous, righteousness. It is the shoes of the gospel. It is the shield of faith. It is the helmet of salvation. And it is the sword of of the Spirit, the Word of God, and we use all of those things and we pray continually in the Spirit. We take the lies that have been fed into our mind by the enemy, by ourselves, by others. We bring it into the light and the truth of Jesus Christ and we begin to go on the offensive and we attack those lies. What are we doing? We, we are identifying the stronghold and then we are attacking the stronghold which then leads us to the next piece through the power of the Spirit, we demolish strongholds. Verse five, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Do you see what just happened there? Originally, we are the prisoner held by the deception of the lie. But now, because we are going on the offensive and we're going to demolish these strongholds with the truth of God's word, we take that lie and we say, nope, you're going to be captive and you're going to be captive to the victor, Jesus Christ. You are going to have to see the light of Christ. And this truth will no longer hide and hold me back. No, you are now obedient to Jesus Christ. You are a liar he is truth, and he will set me free. See, the, the truth is, my security is not in what I can see or what I can feel or what I can experience. My security isn't found in what number is in my bank account. My security is found in Christ and Christ alone. My, my joy and comfort isn't found in my circumstances. My joy is found in Christ, who is my life. My, my comfort is from him, the comforter. That's the truth. What is your lie? What is the thing that the enemy keeps whispering to you? What is the thing that you keep telling yourself, nope, can't go any further, can't find victory, I'll never be able to achieve, I'm always going to be the victim. That is a lie. That is a lie. You, you can't be both a victim and a victor at the same time, but you can begin to move in the direction of the one who said, take heart, I've overcome the world. I've overcome death, hell, and the grave, and you can know me. And you could be victorious in me. Maybe you say, well, I can never have a good relationship with other people. Uh, I'm always gonna be addicted to this. I'm always gonna have this secret kind of sin that I hide in the darkness and push down in the closet. No, the truth is, I can bring that out. I can bring it into the light of day and the truth of God's word. And I can watch the truth and light of Christ begin to demolish any stronghold that I have in my life. And Jesus Christ is setting me free. And I can find victory in him. I'll never make a difference. Lie. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not quite sure what lie or stronghold you're in the middle of 
that you've been locked up in, but it's time to reverse that, to bring it to Christ. You make it obedient to him. You don't have to be obedient to the lie anymore. We're going to identify the lies, the strongholds in our lives. We are going to go on the offensive and attack those lies, and we will demolish those strongholds. And I could say, now go out and do it. But I think it's still theory. Let's pull it down. Let's actually do something with this. How, how would you begin to practically put this into practice? I would encourage you to take a piece of paper again this week, just like last week where I encourage you to write down 10 things that were positive every day. I want you to get that piece of paper, draw a line right down the middle. On one side, write the word lies. On the other side, write the word truth. And in your God time, tonight or tomorrow, you say, God, I need you to help me identify every lie that I am believing that is holding me back from the fullness of your love in the presence of your son, Jesus Christ, and fulfill what you've asked me to do in your kingdom. Lord, would you reveal the lies to me? And he will. You pay attention, then you write down the lie that you're believing, and then you go to his word, and you begin to find the truth. Maybe the lie is, you are no good, you are worthless, you should just stay right where you're at. Nope, I'm gonna go to God's word, and I'm gonna find out from God who I am in Christ. And there, I begin to discover, I have been adopted? I am a child of God? I have been made in the image of God, the creator of the universe, the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is now my father. I have worth and value. He has predestined me. He has a plan for me. And he is causing me to see his goodness all around me. That's a lie, Satan, and I won't live there any longer. Now, you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff written on the truth side to every single lie that comes your way. But you keep going to God's word and you keep attacking that lie. And you know what you're going to find? Freedom. You're going to find victory. You're going to be able to experience what we experience as believers in Jesus Christ who live in the kingdom of God. We live in the kingdom differently than the world lives. And the reason we can experience that is because of Jesus, who is the truth, who came to live out what was told in Isaiah 61, where we read from Jesus, his words, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to release from prison captives, those who have been held in deception and lies, strongholds broken, freedom given. And we don't just take that so that we can feel good about ourselves and just find some freedom for ourselves. No, we begin to take that and then we declare it to the world around us to a world that is held in bondage to sin, separated from God, not knowing who Jesus Christ is, and with everything in us, we declare, I am free because of Jesus Christ. You can be free, you can experience the hope and the life of Jesus. That is the call for those who break out of the prison and move in the direction with feet moving fast to a world that needs this love and hope and life of Jesus Christ. Let's pray, Father, please break strongholds, break addictions, break lies in our lives. We want to live in the truth of your word, not held back any longer, not held to what Satan might say you'll never get out of. Break chains, Father. Help us to find freedom and life in you. Lord, I thank you that as we begin to experience this kind of freedom, that we can take it and we can give it away to others around us. Lord, please have your way with us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. 
If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love for you to join us at one of our weekend worship services. For service times and information about BRCC, be sure to check out brookvilleroad.cc. God bless you.